Sun Life Community Church came into being as the result of a compelling vision for a different kind of church, interested in what we call the Sun Life, experiencing and sharing the life of God's Son. Perhaps your heart is burdened these days. We invite you to allow the Word of God through the words of this message to bring rest to your soul and joy to your heart. Let's bow in prayer. Heavenly Father, now we just ask that you'd open your word to us. We only have a few moments this morning because we're preparing to open our hearts to the Lord Jesus around the communion table. And so may the words that we we read now and the thoughts that we share together just prepare us to have perhaps the, the sweetest communion that we've ever had. So we ask that now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as I've already mentioned today, there's quite a confluence of significant events uh, happening this morning. As I mentioned, it is All Saints Day. It is Election Sunday. It's First Fruits Sunday. And one more, it is Conclusion Sunday to this series of messages that uh, we've been going through a series we've called Deploying Hope in the Realities of Life. And what we've done through this series, those of you who have been with us, you know that some months ago we identified 22 hope-generating revelations in the book of Revelation. 22 visions, insights, experiences, that John, the apostle, had had that as he recorded them and we read them and we discuss them, we discovered that every single one of them can stir, can generate hope in our hearts, real hope that is like an anchor to our soul. The very truths of God that, that are beyond our present day that can make us look positively toward what is yet to come. 22 of them. But then what we've done in the last uh, couple of months is to just select 10 of those 22 and answer this question. How can this hope that I find in the scripture, how can this hope that we've identified and discussed, how can I put it to work in my life? Other than just say, I believe it's going to happen someday. As part of my Christian faith and confession, is there a way that believing in that coming hope, that coming event, that coming promise of God, is there a way that I can actually put it to work in my life in a, in a practical way that might impact the things I do and say and how I relate to people around me? Well, we believe there is a way. So far, we've identified nine ways that nine particular hopes can be put to work or deployed in our everyday life. Today, we look at the 10th and the final one. We'll follow the same pattern we've used before. So here we go. First off, my hope discovered. What hope of God are we talking about this morning? Well, the Apostle Peter, who would become one of those martyred saints that this day honors, he discovered and shared today's hope in his second letter to the saints of his day. 2 Peter 3, verse 13 says this, 
We are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. Peter says we're looking forward to that. Has that happened yet? Has the new heaven and the new earth come into being? No. Peter was hoping for that 2,000 years ago, and he died in that hope. But that hope went to work in his life. He talked to people about it. He wrote about it in the letters he sent, and he encouraged people to, to have it. Let that hope impact their life. We're going to talk today about how that hope can impact our life. Now, the Apostle John, who's been our primary hope-generating revelation writer, he shared the same hope as Peter, but he wrote of it some 30 years later than Peter. Peter had already died by the time, been martyred by the time John wrote these words. Revelation 21.1, you knew we'd get back to that book, Revelation 21.1, John says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Peter says, we're looking forward to it. John says, I actually was privileged to see it. Now, it hadn't come yet, but he saw it in a vision, and then you know he began to describe it to us. I saw, he said, a new heaven and a new earth. Then five, uh, four verses later, Revelation 21.5, John says, Quoting God, he heard God from heaven say, Behold, I am making all things or everything new. New heaven, new earth, new everything. So here's how I define this hope for us this morning. My hope defined. We say there is coming a day when everything will be made new. Turn to somebody next to you and just say, there's coming a day when everything will be made new. Go ahead, say it to somebody. Do you, do you believe it? I won't ask you what you'd be most hoping to see come new in, in your life, but there's a day when everything, everything will be made new. Nothing, we say, nothing belonging to this fallen, sin-filled world or to my fallen sin nature, or to the fallen sin-filled devil himself, will remain. Can you say amen to that? Good to have it all gone, right? Wouldn't you wish God would just take it all away, like, in the next five minutes? It's coming. One day, everything will be made new, Nothing belonging to this fallen, sin-filled world or to my fallen, sin nature or to the fallen, sin-filled devil himself will remain. Alan Giles, wave at me so people know. There he is right there. Last Monday night at our shepherds meeting, Alan's one of our shepherds and overseer, but he guides one of our cell groups as a shepherd. And in that meeting, he said to us who were there, he said, my five favorite words. He says, I've, I've discovered five favorite words, and now my five, we could say, favoritest words have become these. There is coming a day. Now, we've started every one of our hopes for the last nine weeks with that phrase. There's coming a day. 
there's coming a day when God's going to do this or God's going to do that or something's going to take place. Here we say, there is coming a day when everything will be made new. Nothing belonging to this fallen, sin-filled world or to my fallen, sin nature or to the sin-filled devil himself will remain. That's going to be a good day. Possibly I might print up for us that we might have for next week all ten of those there's coming a day statements. So we just have them back to back to back to back. All ten say, you know, there's coming a day. There's coming a day. There's coming a day. And by the time you review all of those, one of those ten is probably going to apply to this day. Right? And if you get a day where you can deploy all ten of them at one time, I'll tell you, world, watch out. Just watch out. This would be one powerful Christian person on that day just living out the hope, energized as well as anchored by the very hopes of God. Well, this one we're talking about today is going to be quite a day. Not only will that day be new, but it will be perfect in every way. So now let me ask for the tenth and final time. How can this awesome future hope be deployed, that is, put to work, in our lives right now? So here we go, our next little box for us. My hope deployed. I've discovered it. I've defined it. Now, how can we deploy it? How can we actually put it to work? Well, let me share it this way. Since... There is coming a day when everything will be made new. I will seek to bring spiritual newness into everything I do. Since, since there is coming a day when everything will be made new, I will seek to bring spiritual newness into everything I do. Now, here's what I mean by that. We just got to cover this just quickly this morning, but hopefully these thoughts will take root in us and grow. Spiritual newness, it means newness created by the Spirit of God. It's not a new gimmick we came up with. People are always trying to come up with new stuff. You know, move on so it's not so boring. Our kids are, our kids are bored if uh, we do it twice. That's why I'm so happy with our puppies. Our puppies never get bored with stuff. If you do it once, it's always. You give them a treat at 7.32 in the morning on one day. Tomorrow at 7.32, they are standing there looking. And it's all brand new to them again. Nobody says, hey, didn't you get one of those yesterday? Wasn't that enough? You hope she has something different today? No, they're there. It's 7.32. We always get a treat at 7.32. As human beings, we get discontent so quickly. We get bored so rapidly. We, our minds are, it's got to be new, 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 new all the time, different all the time. And we come up with dumb stuff and, and anything, will, anything will work. I'm not talking about that kind of newness that uh, the more creative of us is always coming up with and the rest of us are always 
in admiration or amazement of, I'm talking spiritual newness. Newness created by the Spirit of God that just kind of overwhelms us. We don't have to think about it. We don't have to plan for it. It's just there. The Spirit of God is creating newness in those who belong to Christ. Here's one example. Second, Second Corinthians 5.17, the Apostle Paul wrote, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All you got to do is be in Christ for that to happen. You don't have to wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to be new, I'm going to be new, I'm going to be new today. If you're in Christ, you are new. You are a new creation walking around in this old one. The old, Paul says, has gone. And the new has come. And then Paul wrote to the Romans concerning this reality that if we are in Christ, we're a new creation. He then says, and it's not just a point in time, a one moment happening. He says in Romans 6, 4, we should walk in newness of life. Walk around like you're a new person. Walk around like you're a new creation in Christ. Walk around like you're somebody who is continually being renewed by the very Spirit of God. Walk in newness of life. You see, those who keep in step with the Spirit of God are forever seeing and expressing and responding to things in new and fresh and meaningful ways. That's the phrase you have on your sheet there. I will seek to bring spiritual newness into everything that I do. They're always seeking to respond in fresh, new, meaningful ways. The energy of the Almighty flows through them all day long. Their hope in God's coming day of newness is deployed in their everyday life. Now this morning, let me just share two arenas, two areas where this kind of hope can be deployed. These are two general statements, and we'll just give them to you quickly. Number one, personalize it. I will seek to bring spiritual newness. That is the, the newness the Holy Spirit creates in me. I will seek to bring that spiritual newness into all my personal interactions with people. I will seek to bring that spiritual newness into all my personal interactions with people. That is family, community, career, church. All these areas I should be communicating that my God is the God of freshness and newness and delight. Let me just say, all people should find us to be a breath of fresh air whenever we show up. Nothing stale, tired, weary, despondent, or worn out. Think of this. Let every interaction with people be like it's your first one with them. Approach them with the joy of discovery and with a sense of privilege. Take no one that you know for granted. Allow Numa himself to control your mind and your heart each time you encounter them. 
Here's a little trick to try. Thinking about this this morning. Every, anytime you meet anybody you know, even if it's your husband or your wife, your kids, your church friends, the ones you go to work with, walk up to them and say, Hi, Linda. I am so delighted to meet you. Now, if I did that at home to Linda, I know there'd be another sign. Another sign that poor Mark is just starting to slip, and she adds another little line in the little book that she's keeping, because I know she is. But if you do that, the person can say, what do you mean, excited, delighted to meet me? We've known each other for years. But here's the truth. You have never, ever met them as they are in this moment. The moment we meet each other is a moment where, in a sense, each one of us is entirely new to the other. And if we had the attitude that we're meeting these people for the very first time, and we're excited about getting to know them and interact with them as though it were the first time, we would be looking for the thing that is new, the thing that is unique, the thing that makes this moment in their life different and how this moment in their life makes them different from any other time you've met them and any other time you'll be with them ever again. And so you come in with a, with a certain thrill, like, wow, I've been waiting to meet you my whole life. Because there's, a, there's an element here that can put delight in you when you see them that way. So delight them every time with your genuine desire to just interact with them. So I will seek to bring spiritual newness into all my personal interactions with people. Secondly, I will seek to bring spiritual newness into all my personal perspectives on life. Theological, societal, financial, political perspectives. In every one of these realms to be able to say, my God is the God of freshness and newness and delight. Expect new insights to come your way. Expect enlightenment and discernment. Remember, in any one of these areas, you don't already know everything. Now, let me say something that might sound a little weird, but I want you to think about it. Be willing to relax in your ignorance. Just say, I don't know everything about this. Golly, we're right in the midst of a big election cycle. Tuesday, we're going to cast our single ballot. Mine's already in the mail. I'm hoping it was cast and picked up and will be counted. But the thing is, we don't know. We hardly know anything to tell you the truth. And we can get frantic about our ignorance. You can spend 24 hours a day reading up on it. You can listen to everything that goes over the air about it. You can, you can just 
fret yourself over it. One of the wonderful things for a Christian is at times if we can just learn to relax in our ignorance. I don't know everything about this. Boy, am I glad I know the one who does know everything about this. My God is not ignorant. He's aware of everything. I will act upon what I do know prayerfully, thoughtfully, to the best of my knowledge, but I will not ever presume to think that I know all that I need to know about some other person, about some other situation, and it's okay. It's okay. My perspective can be that in this area, I'm content to know what I can know, be responsible to learn as much as I can, but then rest in what I don't know and trust God. And that can be a new thought. If you're one of those people that gets so uptight in politics and you've got five opinions of every single thing and you walk into a friend of yours and they find you for the first time at peace. That's a new idea to them. That's a new experience to them. They've probably been walking on eggshells around you. Here she or he comes again. And man, I can't wait till this whole election thing is over because every time I get near them, it's like four more new insights. And all of a sudden you walk in and you're relaxed and you're okay. And they say, well, that's new. And you say, you know what? My pastor on Sunday shared a notion that I'm taking to heart. What you see now is a relaxed person. I am learning to rest in my ignorance and just let God be in charge. Say, wow. Well, that sounds pretty good. I guess I don't have to run away from you. And we'll just wait and see. We'll pray together. But not with sweat running down our faces. We'll observe. Our perspective can be new rather than the same old thing that so many people get caught up in. See, be a new version of the human being you once were. That's what the Spirit does all the time. He's making us into new versions of what we once were. And accept that. And learn to trust him. We say, I say, surprise yourself with your increasing ability to look at things, everything, with new God-honoring perspectives. Just surprise yourself. Look in the mirror and say, who is this person? I just heard somebody say the most outrageous thing about some politician, and you know, I just kind of let it go. It was okay. I didn't have to jump on them. And they say, what's going on? And you say, you know, I discovered I am a citizen of heaven itself. The Lord is my king. And I am trusting him in all these things. And I'm going to watch and just see how it all works out. And however it works out, my Heavenly Father is not going to say, oh, 
my goodness. I never saw that coming. No, he has it all within his plan. We can trust him and exhibit a kind of Christianity that really is pretty rare and would come across as new in these last few years. So here's our final thought. We'll go with this. Spiritual newness is an evidence of God's spiritual nearness. The closer we are to our Heavenly Father, the more there's, there's newness in us, that spiritual newness. The closer we are to the Holy Spirit as we walk with him, the more that we're, we're just exhibiting that, that new creation in Christ and a delight in just being God's person in this world. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you that every hope we have is not just to stabilize us for the far distant future, but that every hope you share with us, every truth, every, every plan that you will one day bring into being, everything you've revealed to us that will someday be, these are all designed to make us in the here and now hopeful, helpful, loving, kind, trusting, relaxed, enjoyable people. Father, may that be true. May that be true of every one of us in this room today, everyone hearing my voice, every believer who knows Jesus Christ as Savior. May your church, Christ's church, be filled with spiritual newness today and every day until we're no longer defined by political position, but we're defined by the person of Jesus Christ. This we ask now in his name and for the glory of his church. We hope this message has inspired you to live the sun life together with us. If you are near Apple Valley, California this weekend, we invite you to join us in person Sunday morning or through our live broadcast. All the details are on our website at sunlifecommunitychurch.com.